the same goal. We share the collective goal, which is to cultivate authentic relationships. Now, every group has a different focus. There could be, there's, some, there's a prayer group back there, Oaks of Righteousness. You guys are familiar with that. Amazing, intensive. Um, there's men's, there's women's, all that stuff. But the focus and one of the primary goals for every group is cultivating authentic relationship. We want to see that happen within this church and want to see that happen in our lives and share life together. Uh, how many of you guys have ever seen the show Alone or heard of the show Alone on the History Channel? Okay, we got like two. That's awesome. Um, anyways, it's, it's an awesome show, but basically what it's about, the premise of the show is they send 10 contestants out into the Canadian wilderness. I mean, intense place, Arctic Circle, where there's grizzlies, mountain lions, all this stuff. Send them out there completely alone. Drop them off. They get to bring 10 items with them, and they film all of their own stuff. So they have GoPros and things like that, so there's no camera crew. I mean, they are completely and utterly alone out there, and they just survive. And the person who lasts the longest wins $500,000, which is awesome. Uh, and so, so they're all trying to just outlast each other, but again, they don't know how long the other contestants are lasting. Um, but Katie and I love watching this show together. It's super amazing seeing what these people can do, like what human beings are capable of. It's amazing. But we've noticed this theme with the show that every one of these people says the same thing when it comes to what they take away from the show. When they leave the show, when they tap out or, or quit, or if they win, they all say the same thing. They say, I, one thing I've learned from this is I want to invest in my relationships. I want to pour into the relationships in my life because they're so valuable. And every one of them just recognizes suddenly when they're alone, when they don't have people around them, just how incredibly valuable their relationships are in their life. And there'll be a guy on there or a contestant that's doing really, really well. I mean, he's like built himself a log cabin, like legit, with like a stone fireplace he made by hand. And he's like caught all this fish and smoked it and could last forever. And he's just thriving out there. And then he'll say something like this. You know, I was just thinking about my family today. And then Katie and I are like, oh, he's gone. He's going to quit because as soon as they start thinking about their relationships and the people in their life, within days or hours even, they, they tap out and they call and they're like, it's not worth it. The money isn't worth the time I'm losing with my relationships. And that's how valuable it is to them. And God created us. It, this is just another proof that we were made for relationships with each other, and with the Lord. So the title of my message this morning is Not Alone. <laughs> See? Not alone. We are not alone. Uh, so last week we closed out uh, our last series uh, about axis and centering our lives around Jesus. 
And next week, we're starting a new series that's going to be called Position and Practice. And it's, we're going to walk through the book of Ephesians that speaks to our position in Christ and our place in the body of Christ. And then how we are the church. What does that look like? We are the church. What does that mean? How do we live in relationship with each other? How do we function as the body of Christ? So we're going to walk through Ephesians. It's going to be super awesome, super fun. And so with today being Group Sunday, though, I wanted to take a moment and talk about the word that pastors say all the time, community. Community this, community that. We've probably heard that word a million times in church circles, right? And it's been overused. I mean, who knows what the definition of that word is. But today I want to take a moment and talk about why. Why is that so important? Why were we made for relationship? How or what? What is healthy community? And then how we do it here and how you can plug in and start cultivating relationships with one another. So we're going to start with the why. The why. Why authentic relationship? Why community? Number one, it's because we are literally, literally made for it. We were made for relationship with God and with one another. God himself, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit lives in perpetual coexistence and relationship with one another. That God himself is relationship. Isn't that amazing? As a person, he is in relationship with himself, the triune Godhead. That's incredible. From the beginning of all time, he has existed in relationship. And we were made in his image. We are image bearers of God. So naturally, we also were made for relationship, created for relationship. Matthew 3, 16 and 17 is a really cool picture of the Trinity and how they work together. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son. It's the voice of the father whom I love with whom I am well pleased. Isn't that a cool picture? Jesus is getting baptized. The spirit of God descends on him like a dove and the father speaks from heaven. The three working together. They've been doing this for a long time, right? They, have, they know how to do relationship with each other, right? Um, I don't think there's any bitterness or animosity there. Um, so that's the example that we have and we are made in God's image. Genesis 2.18 says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. Those people on that show, it's not good. I mean, they'll, they have emotional breakdowns when they're completely by themselves without any human interaction for that long of a period of time. We're just not made for that. We're meant to be in relationship with each other. So number one, we're made for it. Number two, Jesus modeled it. Jesus modeled it. He lived with his disciples. I mean, literally, just constantly, everywhere he went, he, he ate with them, he walked with them, he traveled with them, he ministered to them, he talked with them, discussed things with them. He lived with and among his disciples every moment of every day and exemplified community. Now, I'm not saying that that's what our groups do, because that would be, uh, be scary. <laughs> You're going to move in with each other. Uh, no. So, but... Uh, that's what he modeled. And then in the darkest moment of Jesus' life, the night before he was going to be crucified, the Garden of Gethsemane, where a lot of scholars believe this is when he was taking on literally the sin of the world in this moment, 
Jesus, the Son of God, leans into community. The Son of God. Into a broken, by the way, and imperfect group of friends. Matthew 26, verse 36 says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He said, will you be with me? Support me in this time. Jesus leaned into his community in his darkest hour, and he's the son of God. And these guys definitely weren't perfect (laughs) by any means. A lot of them still didn't even believe he was the Messiah yet. Or they didn't understand that he was going to die for their sins. They didn't understand that either. They were still expecting him to take over. But in this moment, Jesus leans on his friends. It just goes to show you that God can use broken and imperfect people to pour into our lives. Guess what? Guess what? We're all broken. (laughs) And we're all imperfect and we're all insecure and we all have our things. So, of course, God uses broken people to pour into our lives because we're all broken. Otherwise, no one would pour into our lives. So when we're in a community, we come in knowing that that group of people are imperfect like us. But our hope isn't in the people to transform us. Our hope is in God using imperfect people. Isn't that awesome that he can do that? So number two was Jesus modeled it. Number three, it's God's best for us. Community is God's best for us. How do I know this? His plan A. It was Jesus' last prayer, his very last prayer. In John chapter 17, verse 20, 21, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. He's praying for us. That's cool. Where did I, where, lost my place. Okay. Uh, okay. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So be, to be one. Jesus prayed this, his very last prayer, and Jesus' greatest command was also to love one another. John 15 says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other. My command, this is it. This is the command that makes your joy overflow. Love each other as I have loved you. So it's God's best for us. Long-term life change doesn't happen in isolation. It happens in Christ-centered community. Why? Because we all have blind spots. How many of you guys know? We got blind spots, right? Things that we don't see. And those of you who are married know that your spouses help you see those blind spots. (laughs) Amen. Spouses are nudging each other right now. (laughs) And so we have those blind spots and we need people in our life. And not only that, but when we're in a dark time, all we can see is the dark And sometimes it takes someone who's outside to pull our head up and to look to Jesus. Because we can just see what we're going through in that moment. 
and we might not be able to see who we are in Christ in that moment, but one of our friends on the outside, they can say, hey, let me tell you what I see. And they can call that out. That's why we need each other. The Bible says that two are better than one because if one falls down, the other can help them back up again. So we've talked about, that's the why. Why? I mean, there's plenty of other whys, but those are a few things as to why community is so essential for us. So now I want to talk about the what. What does healthy community look like? And speaking of two being better than one, I want to invite my wife Katie up here to help me teach this. Can you guys give her a round of applause? She's awesome. Here. Okay, well, we'll see. I'll try it out. I think it's good. Hello. Hey! Yes. <laughs> I didn't know we were gonna be sitting. <laughs> okay. Hopefully, I'm falling off here. Hi, you guys! I'm super excited to be here with you. I'm super I'm excited Katie. to do this with you. What? I was gonna sorry. I'm Go gonna talk over you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we really practiced through this, so this should be perfect. It's gonna be fun. Real. You're gonna see live. <laughs> Real authentic relationship right now in the this The imperfection, moment. but the connectedness For right sure. here happening in real time. So Neil did um, ask me to come up here because we, I don't know, we've just been huge proponents for uh, small groups, for, for doing life together forever. Like ever since we were like teenagers. Yeah. I mean, my parents are in the room, by the way. Mom oh, and yay. dad. Shout Woo-hoo. out. If there is anyone who understands, like, discipleship and pouring into people, it's them. They're, like, pastors and teachers to their core. But that has just been something that we have just grown up in and and love and just find the value so much in doing this together because I have literally just felt so alone at different times. There were people around me. There were people near me. But I was, like, so alone. I'll give one example really quick, and then we'll jump into this. This is not a part of the script. Um, After having my first kid, Destiny, I love her so much. I didn't go through postpartum or anything like that, but there was, like, this funk that I went through after that spiritually where I just felt like I was going through this desert. Like, I had no motivation to read my Bible or to pray or to worship or do anything. I was just, like, so enveloped in this little human. You know what I mean? Like, living through her. Like, I got to be here. I got to do all these things. And and that's this world, right? Like, we get so enraptured and in, invested into the things around us that, like, you know, we forget to, like, take care of our hearts and our souls. And so I just remember being so dry. And Neil was the closest community at that time and he was like babe I'm just gonna read some scriptures right here to you and I was like I hate you please (laughs) do not read anything to me and he just sat there so faithfully like reading these scriptures to me and it was like my heart came alive and like I found Jesus in that and so I've experienced that in so many different capacities with just people who love me and won't leave me in those funks. They won't say, hey, I'm really sorry you're going through that. And then like turn around, <laughs> you know, like walk away. And I love that. I think that's that's what we're all wanting in life um, is or are those people. So what is healthy community, specifically healthy? <laughs> There's a few things here that I wrote down, but I can't hold this and open my book at the same time. Hold on. You want me to hold it for you? I'm a big kid. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like I Actually, said, it's real. Actually, I'll let it's you real. open up my scripture. Can you open up to John 
15. You guys are taking notes. I'm going to read what he just kind of read a second ago, John 15, 12 through 17. <laughs> because the first point that we have is a healthy community helps you grow in Christ. And thanks. See? Um, so it says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. That's pretty easy, right? Jesus is like, just love people the way that I have loved you. Like he's about to go and die for us. That's kind of intense. He says there, there is no greater love than, you know, for us to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. Wait. Yes. <laughs> you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in using my name. This is my commandment, love each other. And we, he was just talking about this, you know, the vine and the branches. And there's such an image here that he gives us as to the source, that he is the source, right? He is the vine. We are the branches. But I was just thinking about that picture and how it's not you are the branch, and you are the branch. We are the branches. Like we represent this vine and we are connected to him as this life source. And if we are just connected to him but not producing anything, like what, what is the purpose of that? What is the purpose of us loving Jesus with all of our heart and just like, man, I, I just want to live for him. I want to be passionate about him. But like, you know, we have no outlet for that or a way to do that. It's like these people who go out and do the alone thing. Like they have all these gifts and tools, but they would rather do that with someone. You know what I mean? And alongside someone. So just that idea that we are the branches and we're coming together um, to, to build this branch and to be this fruit. Um, it produces something beautiful and long lasting. Yeah. So community is growing in Christ. And I was just thinking, too, about that. I don't call you a slave. I call you a friend. He's saying, is it out of obligation or out of a friendship and a relationship? Am I in this relationship because of an obligation? Like, I feel a duty to you, like a slave? Or, you know, Jesus is saying, I've called you into this friendship, this deeper relationship that we can share things one to another. And I was thinking, uh, what would the world look like if believers lived like Jesus in that I didn't, you didn't choose me, but I'm choosing you. You know what I mean? It's like, that's so selfless and so hard for us sometimes to be like, I didn't get picked. <laughs> and I know that some of those people in this room aren't going to come to my group and that's okay. But I'm choosing to do life with you guys. I'm choosing you. And so if we all live that way, like I didn't get chosen, but I'm going to choose you. Like that's so powerful. So anyways. Yeah, and I think that growth in Christ is put to the test in relationship. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, the rubber, <laughs> the rubber meets the road when you're in relationship. <laughs> That's when the love walk gets real. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easy to say that we love people and stuff, but then when you get close... That's when the love is really put to the test. That's what gives our love teeth mm -hmm. is relationship with people. Um, and so it's if we want to grow in Christ, then let's develop some and cultivate some close friendships. We're close enough to where we can be honest with each other, and then we'll really grow in our love. <laughs> and uh, that's I think that's God's design. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've experienced that in marriage, and I've experienced that with having kids. 
Like when you have kids, it's like another level of like sacrifice and what love really looks like when you just have to say no to almost everything that you want and yes to everything that they want. Um, that can be difficult. And so I definitely think that we grow in Christ in that. Um, and then our, our second point here is one, as we grow in Christ, two, in healthy community, we bear each other's burdens. Yes. Um, Galatians 6, 2, and 3 says, share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Man, I love Paul, man. He's just blunt. <laughs> you are not that important. So, Bear each other's burdens. Uh, I think this is why the blind spots, what we talked about, this is why we need one another because if we are carrying the burdens of our life alone, yeah. how many guys know there's seasons in our life that are heavy and they're too heavy to mm -hmm. carry by ourselves? Mm -hmm. But if we're in relationship with someone and we really know them, we really trust them, then they're going to share the burden. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. When we choose to listen to one another and we listen so that we understand, we understand so that we can empathize and then we empathize with them so that we can share the burden. Empathy is the whole idea, right, of, of feeling what someone else feels, right, putting on their shoes. Sympathy is like looking in the hole when someone falls in the hole and you look in, you're like, oh, I'm so sorry you're in that hole, <laughs> you know. But empathy is getting down in it with them, and saying, all right, how are we going to get out of here? Yeah. And that's what sharing each other's burdens is all about. So we're not doing it alone. And I know that Katie and I have experienced that. When one of us is down, the other one's typically up <laughs> and vice versa. So it always helps us out because yes. <laughs> we lean on each other. Yes. And I love that too because it reminds me of that picture of the branches. And I think even if we're experiencing good in our life, and someone over here is experiencing something really difficult, like you're saying, sharing that is not just, hey, tell me what's going on in your life. It's let me give you some of the things that God's been doing in me. Like, let me share with you some of this, like, fruit that is happening in my heart and, like, the growth that I'm experiencing and the life that I'm experiencing and how that edifies the body and how that builds each other up. It's such an amazing picture. Um, so then the third thing, though, that we're talking about here, so growing in Christ, bearing each other's burdens, and that a, a healthy community really provides a safe place. And so I just have to pause here for just a second because I feel like we've all done enough life in this room to just be honest for a second and know that there have been some really unsafe places, even in the church, because of imperfect people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we come to this place and we are expecting to see all that God is and all that he has for us. But then we see these imperfect people and how things have been done imperfectly through them. And we assume that God is that. And let me just tell you, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> One, if that has been your experience at all, because that is not God's heart. Yeah. That is not who he is. And we are not perfect, and we're not claiming to be here to be anything perfect for anyone. But we want to show you that God's heart is for a safe place. And that safe place looks like being able to bear each other's burdens and being able to look into each other and, like, know that it's okay to not be okay. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just share this verse with you. It's Philippians 2. Two through four says, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, 
having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And I think in providing in this safe place, the idea and the goal, our aim, is to put others before ourselves. If we are walking into communities saying, hey, listen, I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. How can I help? What can I do? And then this person over here is doing that same. And then it's just like we're all trying to outdo each other in our good deeds toward one another. Um, That is something that I think community can really look that like that would be healthy. Yeah, yeah, and and it provides a safe place when you know that the leader and the other people in your group are being honest and vulnerable as well. So, like, how many of you guys have had the experience when you're in like a discussion or something? And it's, you're asking for a prayer, like prayer at a small group, at the end of a group. All right, let's go do prayer requests. Everyone go around. And then it starts with the first person. They're like, yeah, could you pray for my grandma, you know, blah, blah. Oh, could you pray for my dog, you know, he choked on something the other day and coughed it up and it looks really gross. Oh, could you, you know, and it's all this just random stuff, right? And then halfway through the circle, someone says, man, I really need prayer. Yeah. Because I'm going through some really heavy stuff right now. Um, I'm feeling lost, feeling broken. To be honest, I'm questioning my faith right now, you know, whatever. And they share something really real and vulnerable. From that person on, suddenly the prayer requests get really real. Have you guys noticed that? Yes. Because honesty is an invitation. Yes. So when someone says, something that's honest, they're inviting the people in that room into a very specific place in their heart. Mm -hmm. So then the other people in the room feel like they now have permission to be honest. Mm -hmm. And so, and then it comes around and what's funny is you'll even have the people who already went be like, Oh, can I add another (laughs) prayer request? Since we're being real, you know, we're all being real here. And so, um, it's so important for us to do that. Live vulnerably, live authentically in humility, and that's something that our leaders mm-hmm. are trained to do, is lead from a place of honesty, humility, and vulnerability. And so it is a safe place, and that's our heart. So, um, And then number four, a little bit more upbeat, is share each other's joys. Healthy communities share each other's joys. Romans 12, 15, and 16 says, Be happy with those who are happy. And weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud. Oh, gosh, oh did it? there it is. Okay, <laughs> there I am. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company. It's because I'm too loud. That's why I'm just being too loud. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't be too proud to enjoy each other's company. Have fun. Like, we're just regular people. We're all ordinary people, okay? I mean, some of us are a little weird, you know, but that's okay. No, uh, I would put myself in that category. So ordinary people says enjoy each other. Be happy. So have fun. Laugh. You know, have a good time. Share meals together. That's what we're meant to do. It's not meant to be this super serious, okay, now we're going to get into the word and to pray. And it's not all that serious, heavy stuff. We want to share life. And life lifts us up right? Jesus said, I came to you might have life in all its fullness. So it's exciting. 
And Jesus is excited, and he's fun. And so laughter also breaks down walls and allows us to be comfortable with each other and, and share some of the harder things in our life when we can laugh with someone. So share each other's joys, celebrate each other, encourage one another. It's super fun. <laughs> story so sorry there we go um where you know we came to small group and we just started like just laughing really hard and and usually i don't know if eddie will ever watch this but eddie you made us laugh a lot he was our small group <laughs> he leader, was our small group leader. And he so just funny. he didn't take things too seriously and i love that because like you're saying when people walked into the room where they became a part of the group there wasn't this like idea that you had to come in and be a certain way and be a certain person like you could be you you can be your authentic self and and speak your mind and be open and be vulnerable and be all these things and even just you know sharing those those good um with each other and that was okay so one thing that it kind of leads into with that um sharing each other's joys is just committing to each other. So number five is commit to each other. And we're going to read Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Again, I don't think we do that by like being super down, right? <laughs> like depressing and burdensome. You guys must do these things. Do it in joy. Do it, do it in joy though. Um, spurring others toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Um, I think COVID and in the last couple of years, uh, we have had our communities or our relationships really tested. Yeah. Like things have gone through the fire. You know what I mean? And at, in the end of that, we're still asking ourselves, who are my people? Who am I doing life with? Who have I linked arms with and said, I've got you? You know what I mean? And I think, like, we're all still kind of in this place, like, I don't know. I don't know who those people are. I've got my family. Like, we've got this, like, built-in community and built-in relationships that I'm not forced to do life with. <laughs> I mean, like, daily get to get up and make all these meals. And sometimes I tell you, I'm like, I do feel like a slave some days. But, like. Mom bought. Like, but yeah, who are my needs. friends? Who are my friends? Who am I doing life with? And I think it goes back to like what Jesus was saying. I, I didn't, or you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And again, like you make the choice. You get to choose who you do life with, whether it's those soccer moms that are out there, you know, at your son's game. Like, hey, I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going to reach out to this person. I'm going to build community and relationship here. And if something awesome comes from that, cool. Maybe a friendship. Maybe it's just an acquaintance. But there's an opportunity, like you said, invitation for things like that with each other when we're open and we're vulnerable. There is an invitation for more of God, when we do things together, where two or more are gathered, what does it say? It says, there he is in their midst. And I don't know about you guys, but I just want more of Jesus. Like, I may be imperfect, and I may be stuck some days with five kids, like, pulling <laughs> on my coattails. But, like, I know that even in my house, there is the presence of God. And there is a sweetness, and there is a love here that I wouldn't have without that. 
And so just shifting our eyes and seeing that committing to one another and linking arms together is such an important and good thing to do. And that's what we're asking everyone who's plugging into a community to do is not, we're not committing to a meeting. Yeah. We're committing to a person. We're saying, I'm committing to faithfulness to you, to an individual. And then because of that, yeah, we'll commit to a meeting, but we're committing to people. We're saying, I'm, I'm going to be faithful in relation to, to you as a person. And when we do that collectively, man, then we can foster some amazing relationships. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, thank you, wife. You're welcome. Thank you, for guys. Jumping for up here, here with me. We didn't practice this part. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. You're good. Step away. That's perfect. Um, so, so the last thing I want to talk about is how we're going to do it here. So we talked about why, talked about what it looks like, and then how we're going to do it here. We do it through small groups. Um, so the way our small group is going to be run is in semesters. So we have a fall, a spring, and a summer semester. So we're kicking off our fall semester today with the launch of these groups. And so the fall semester will be mid-September through like mid-December or so. Um, and some of the groups will meet weekly. Some of them will meet bi-weekly depending on the leader and what works best with their schedule. Um, and so each, and then the spring semester will start, uh, we'll, we'll do another group Sunday at the end of January. So we'll take a break for holidays and things like that, and then we'll do another group Sunday at the end of January, and the purpose of these group Sundays is kind of like to bring the elevator down to the ground level, so people can get on and jump into even existing groups that have been meeting for a while. There's a natural break where new people can jump in and start a new study, so they're not jumping into something that's, you know, midway through, um, and so, and it allows for some variety as far as what you do as a group, so you can do one thing for one semester, uh, a book study. And then the next semester you could do a Bible study. And then the next semester you could do whatever. Um, but that's the idea. The hope is long-term relationships. That's the hope. Not just for a semester, but that we can develop and cultivate relationships with people that will be ongoing, hopefully for years and years to come. And I have seen and been a part of some amazing communities and groups that have been together for five, seven, ten years. Twenty. I mean, we know a lady who literally is in the same group as for 25 years, 30 years, Shelly. They've been in the same small group with the same people for like 25 years. Can you imagine that, those relationships? Like, I mean, they're, it's like they're married to each other. You know what I mean? They know each other so well. They can know what they're thinking and support each other. And it's incredible. We all want it. Everyone wants to belong. We all want to be in these types of relationships. But the question is, are we willing to commit? Are we willing to do what it takes to exemplify the community that we want to be a part of? Are we going to exemplify that type of person as far as, because a community is made up of people. So we have to choose to do that first. I'm going to be the kind of person that lives authentic relationships. And if we all choose to decide to do that together, then guess what? We're going to have some amazing groups and relationships within this church body. Not saying we don't already have those, but we all have even more of it. So, uh, so semesters, and then again, Groups is a means to an end. The end is authentic relationship. Groups is just a tool. It's just a tool to, to aim for that end. So that's what we're trying to do. So here's what you can do today, okay? We're going to have our six groups that are launching for the fall, and then the hope will be that we'll have more of those even in the spring. 
but go back there. We're going to have some food. It's, gonna, it's like a fair. So just go peruse, you know, eat some food, even if it's a men's group and you're a woman or if it's a woman's group and you're a man. Just go ahead and eat their food. It's okay. Um, so grab some food, hang out, fellowship with each other, talk to the leaders, ask them about their group, what they're going through, what the focus is for the year. And then what I'm asking you to do, sign up. Sign up, find a group, sign up for one. And then when the leader emails you within the next 24 hours, respond to the email. Let them know. If, if you can't make it, that's okay. Just, just communicate. Do them that service because they're putting themselves out there to lead a group. So the least we can do is just communicate to them, right? So sign up, respond, and then show up. Go to a group. Take that leap of faith. Show up. You get to meet them before you just show up at their house or something, so that's nice. Um, or you show up here at the church. So go to the group, show up, and then give it some time. Don't just come once and be like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm out. You know, relationships don't happen overnight. So give it some time. We're all trying to figure out how to do this together. So um, give them, if it doesn't go great or whatever, give them a benefit of the doubt. Come again, you know, and uh, let's commit and be consistent and see what God does. Does that sound good? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. If you do not find a group, let's just say for whatever reason, you just have a couple of nights that are open and there's not a group that meets that night. And you're like, darn it, there's not one for me. Listen, that might be God saying, hey, you can lead one, you know? So facilitate, and listen, that's what we do as group leaders. We're just facilitating. We're creating an environment where we can collectively grow. Shared ownership is the name of the game with groups. It's not one person doing everything. It's shared ownership, okay? So if you feel that, or you, maybe there's a certain interest you have, and you're like, man, I would like to start a group for X, Y, Z. Let me know, please. Or just write it down on one of the sheets of paper, or we'll find another sign-up sheet. We'll just take a piece of paper. John, we can just get a blank sheet of paper and write new group potential group leaders on it or something, okay? And then you guys can just write your name on there because we want to start more of these and provide more community. Amen? Okay, so everybody stand to your feet, please. I'm just going to pray over you and then release you to go group leaders if you guys want to go ahead and go back there, actually, to your tables. Uh, and then I'm going to pray over you guys, and then we're just going to go and hang out and eat some food and talk about community. It's awesome. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for this, these amazing people, this amazing church, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will bless my friends here today, God. Give us grace, Lord, to commit to authentic relationship and community with one another. Lord, I pray that every one of us will find a place to belong and to cultivate these amazing relationships that we were made for. Lord, I pray that we will have the grace necessary to exemplify the community that we want to be a part of. Lord, bless them as they connect. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, be released. Next week we'll start a new series. It's going to be fun.